Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. We're actually live right now on Facebook, on two accounts, uh, on Twitter, YouTube, and which is new, LinkedIn Live, which I'm happy to have been approved for. I tried for about the last year and a half, two years. So thank you, LinkedIn, for allowing me to go live. So I'm actually joined today with Ross Dannenberg. I didn't say that wrong, did I? No, that's right. All right. And this is the Journey to $100 million podcast. Ross will be featured on the podcast here soon. And uh, today we're here live with him to ask a couple questions, learn from him and about his business. And and Ross, I'll let you introduce yourself, but really cool uh, practice area that you're in and to do with video games. I thought that was really cool. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and and tell us more about you, your expertise, and what you have going on. Sure thing. So um, yeah, I'm Ross Dannenberg. I, I guess I characterize myself as, as an IP lawyer, sort of in the, uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm an entrepreneur masquerading as an IP lawyer, I guess. I did computer science uh, before law school. So I've uh, built a practice around the software industry. Uh, I think most of my clients are, are software developers in some way, shape or form, except for a brewery for obvious reasons. Uh, and then within that, I do quite a bit of work with the video game industry. Uh, and that is uh, just, I grew up as a gamer. Uh, I grew up playing games. I started coding games myself when I was nine years old. And so when I started practicing law, I uh, basically, after about uh, five years of practicing law, I said to myself, well, wait a minute, there's got to be a way to play games in law too. Uh, and that's when I, I founded a blog, patentarcade.com, that sort of tracks the cross-section of intellectual property and video games. I work with enterprise software companies. I work with large game developers, large game publishers, small game developers, indie studios, uh, startups to Fortune 500 companies. You name it, and I work with them. Well, that is really cool. So, so in a nutshell, you you work with video games or video game IP, uh, things like that. I'm a gamer. A comment that just came in, actually from my business partner, Eric Olson, who asked, um, what are your thoughts on Fortnite? an Apple Battle Royale. Oh, let's let's cut to the chase here. So it's interesting. I think that, so, okay, so these comments are personal. They, uh, <laughs> I had standard disclaimer. Uh, these comments are my own. Should you can't be, answer, that's fine. Should not be attributable to my firm. No, I don't represent any of the entities in that case, um, but I do know some of the attorneys involved quite well. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, case to watch. I think Apple is doing a, a its best job possible framing their defense right now. And I think they're doing that because they're a little nervous. So I don't think that this is a an easy case to call for either side. They've both got some really valid points that they're making. So this will be a fun one to watch from the sidelines for sure. Excellent. And someone said, oh, great question, Eric. So yes, that was a good question for sure. To kick it right off, just to get to some of the questions here um, that I had uh, just, you know, to learn more about kind of, you know, you say you're basically an entrepreneur and that's really someone practicing law uh, within their own, uh, within a firm. 
I mean, yeah, you're, you're basically your own business owner trying to build your practice um, yeah. and your specialty. Uh, some will spin off on their own as well. But in that sense, you know, what has been your secret sauce, if you will, for growing your practice area? So whether that's growing your clientele or just yep. you know, what have you done that's different, I guess, in growing your practice area? So I, I take the approach. Well, I have two things I, I, I'll say to that. One is when I think about marketing, a client is a potential, any potential client, when they're looking for an attorney, they're looking for someone who has the ability, the availability and the affability uh, to work with them. And generally they analyze those in reverse order, right? They're always looking at affability first. Do they like you? If they don't like you, they're not hiring you. You know, so I was listening to, to one of your other podcasts about the, uh, the competent jerk or the affable, the likable fool. And, you know, clients will suffer a competent jerk, but they really don't like hiring them if they can help. So you have to be likable. Don't, don't be that jerk. Availability, you have to make yourself available to clients and have the ability, meaning know your craft. Once you're comfortable with those three things, then the next thing I look at from, from a marketing perspective, if those are the three A's, then the other thing I look at are the three P's. My personal marketing strategy is one, be persistent. Marketing and private practice lawyers, it's, it's, um, it's sort of an unspoken truth, but it's a war of attrition that, um, you know, if you go into private practice and you're successful, you keep going. And people who ultimately get frustrated or don't have their own business, they go in-house or they just want a different lifestyle, they go in-house, they go to public uh, nonprofits. So be persistent, right? You have to keep going in order to develop business. Be purposeful, meaning don't just throw, don't send a million, you know, don't be an ambulance chaser. Don't blanket a thousand people with a cold call email and hope that someone's going to respond. They're not. That was a waste of your time and money if you spent anything on it. And then the other, the third P is be patient. Marketing and business development takes time. Anyone who thinks that they're just going to make a cold call to someone, you know, then, and you're going to get business from it. You know, I think that's, that's a little naive in the way that it works. And it's, but it's also about networking, right? And that's where the purposeful comes in. Make your requests to people you know and your network. Totally so, agree 100%. And I, I feel that's what I've done within my business and what we have practiced. It's, yes, yeah, not overnight. You can't just stand up a business and say, hey, everyone's going to like us and use us and have no, I guess, have not really put the time in to build that relationship, the referrals. And uh, it, it takes time. And so yeah, bravo for that. That's that's yeah. excellent. And yeah, they, people have to like you, right? So <laughs> that's why Eric brought me on as a business partner because you know I'm the likable guy, and he's you know. Yeah. Um, and so, did you just call him a confident jerk? No, I did not. <laughs> Eric, if you're listening, that did not happen. That was actually his episode. So I'm just thinking, maybe, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so excellent answer. I love that to death. That's real, right? It's it's not overnight success. Is putting the time and effort, especially with a business that uh, like yours or even mine is uh, is professional services with a relationship for a, the long haul, hopefully. So it's yeah, not and a one and done in transaction. It gets frustrating too sometimes, right? I mean, I understand that when people market and they're trying to develop business 
sometimes it's incredibly frustrating when you don't see immediate results. And so I use these three principles, the three A's and the three P's as sort of my mantra to just ground myself and say, okay, Ross, you can't expect immediate results every time. Just stay, stay persistent, stay the course and, uh, and good things will come. Yeah. Uh, Eric, my partner actually also commented that, uh, yeah, if, if you don't ask, you won't receive, be persistent and you'll get the work. So who was it that said you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take? I believe that's, uh, Mr. Gretzky himself. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like Michael Jordan. I was like thinking, thinking to myself, <laughs> the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. All right. So a few more questions I get through and then we can talk about some of uh, the other things you have going on and sure. we'll learn more about that too. But, and this might lead to that. What is the next move for Ross in your business or for you personally? What is the next move? You know what? It's funny. I'm actually a bit of a unicorn in the legal field. I have worked for one firm only since I graduated from law school. I have been with Banner Whitcoff for 20 years. So it's, it's interesting. So our firm is actually a hundred years old this year. It's our hundred year anniversary. I've been there for 20 of it. And so, you know, I don't really have a move planned in so far as uh, I'm not going anywhere, but, you know, as far as business development goes and business generation, my next move is, you know, I try to, I tell myself do one thing every year. And that's and now I realize that's a baseline, right? When you're doing business generation, you should be doing something, one thing every month or one thing every week. But what I mean by one thing every year, I need to have one thing every year where I can put that on a resume. So thank you for this, by the way, you know, 2020 check, because I've been cooped up inside for so long that uh, all the conferences have been canceled and, uh, you know, I haven't, haven't done anything this year, really. We're getting you out there in the world. You're live right now on multiple channels. I appreciate that. Yep. So yeah, next move though. I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of enjoying doing more of the same right now. You know, it's, it's, I do a lot of business travel and a, and a lot of networking, you know, five to 10 conferences a year. And frankly, 2020 has been an unexpected reprieve that sort of let me get my, my breath back and actually re-energizes me and gets me prepped for, you know, next year. And, and uh, when things hopefully start to come back to normal. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, it's definitely been a different year for everybody, um, especially if you're used to traveling and, and going to conferences. And if that was part of your business development, then that's definitely changed for a lot of people. And I, I'm actually part of some organizations where you know relied on a, a one or two big uh, events per year. Um, you know, we were the same, and it goes to the purposefulness of things. You know, you gotta you gotta choose organizations that have the decision makers for the business that you're in and uh yeah there's in the video game world there's there's maybe three conferences a year that all the video game lawyers go to and and uh, so we've been we've missed out on those this year so all ready to get back to it next year well here's a, a question for you this is you know we actually my agency we actually specialize in in law firm digital marketing and what is there any like I guess, associations that your firm is that part of a group organization of other law firms that would make sense for us to be a part of? 
You know, I unfortunately I don't have a great answer for that. You know, you know we have a marketing team internally that, that knows the answer to that. I mean, what organizations our firm belongs to? I mean, you know, we belong to the usual ones, the ABA, American Bar Association. For IP firms, we're an intellectual property boutique. We're 125 attorneys. All we do is IP law, patents, copyrights, trademarks. We have attorneys in every technical discipline from myself, like in computer science, to PhD in cellular biology, uh, you name it. So we also belong to the AIPLA, which is the American Intellectual Property Law Association, um, IPO, the the IP Owners Association, INTA, the International Trademark Association, uh, things like that our firm belongs to. Then there's attorneys like myself. I belong to fairly specific, specialized organizations, video game, VGLA, Video Game Lawyers Association, which is a much more niche bar association because there's, you see the same, you know, one to 200 people at, at the video game conferences every year. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for that. You know, we've, you know, we've something we haven't done is, uh, yeah, as a business is, you know, go to a conference or something like that. That's uh, where the audience is, you know, who we want to work with, kind of like you mentioned with the video game conferences. Um, so we're, we've been looking uh, at some organizations and some associations and things like that, that we could be part of as a more of a vendor, I guess, uh, that allows that. So uh, just something we're, we're looking to do in 2021. So you had mentioned, uh, you sent me some links and, and some things and I can share some of that stuff here in the comments. You sent me some links to, uh, I believe, some books and some other things like that. Is there anything else you have going on? Anything else you want to discuss or, or talk about? What is something that we can help you with or the audience can help by reaching out or? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the links I sent you, you know, it's one of the, the questions you had posed in the email, you know, is, um, you know, what are the marketing strategies that have worked for me over the years? And again, it's, it's, it goes to all the principles I mentioned, right? Persistence, do something every year, have the ability to do things. Um, you know, I started the blog in 2005, not really knowing where that would go, but it led to a leadership position at the ABA on computer games and virtual worlds. And then that itself actually led to the first book that I sent you a link for, which was uh, a treatise, a legal treatise that the ABA pushes, pushes out or publishes on video game law. So it, we published a, a legal, it was one, of, I think the first legal treatise on video game law. Um, and then from that, that's where actually the clients started to come in when, when they saw the, the writing and the speaking that I was doing on the topic. And then that actually led to the second book, which is the legal guide to video game development. And the difference between the two books is the treatise is actually intended for lawyers, that if, if it's intended for lawyers that want to get a background on the law. But the legal guide to video game development is much more specialized for the business person, for the video game developer themselves. It's intended to give developers a bit of self-help. It's not a replacement for hiring an attorney, but a developer who reviews the information in that book will certainly be a more educated client, which will result in reducing their own legal fees because uh, their attorney won't have to spend as much time bringing them up to speed on an issue that's already covered uh, in that book. And that book goes into IP issues, publishing, licensing, advertising, microtransactions, virtual currencies, business formation, contracts, some employment issues, anything a, a startup uh, game developer wants to, to learn about or needs to know from a legal perspective, it, it's probably covered at, at least briefly in that book. And then the other thing, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to add that I uh, posted the links to the two books in the comments. 
Oh, great. For anyone that wants to check those out, I posted both links. Yeah, keep going. The other thing that's worked for me, and this goes to the be purposeful, be targeted. You also need to differentiate yourself. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, if you work with law firms, you know this. There's a lot of attorneys out there, and and they all sort of blend together at, at different times. So, you know, I'm a gamer. I played. You know, I grew up as a gamer since the time I was nine years old. I had a true IBM PC. Um, you know, my first game I think was actually Zork, the original Zork. I'm dating myself here. And, uh, but one of the things that we did is we developed new business cards to hand out to video game companies when we go to video game conferences and, uh, that aren't just, you know, your sort of formal lawyer business card. Uh, it's actually, it looks like a card that might be found in magic, the gathering, you know, the, the trading card game that, uh, that lots of people, lots of people play. And so it's, you know, it's me, it's my caricature, uh, in a, you know, sort of a, a fantasy style, you know, rogue role. And we've gotten more mileage out of those cards. Myself and three other attorneys in my firm have them. I mean, we've had people, you know, keep these cards in plastic sleeves because they've never seen anything like it. And uh, we've had conferences, you know, send out photographs to every conference attendee at the end of the conference of our business card because, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is one of the great things of the, the conference. And, uh, you know, look what they did. So we've gotten, you know, for, for a pretty minimal investment, just a little creativity, it, we've gotten a really good turnaround uh, and uh, from those cards. I think that's uh, oh, the last thing. And, you know, if you want to roll the dice, let's see if I can get the, uh, here, here we go. Here's our, you know, our little firm logo there on 20-sided die that we, we, uh, we so, hand out. I love the business card idea. Do you have one that you can show up? Uh, you know what? I think I do. Yeah, you got the artwork that you sent me. I can post that too. No, nope, I got it. So uh, here we go. Let's, there's the, uh, it's kind of, let's see. That is so cool. So that you can get the gist of it there. It's a little blurry coming through. And then, you know, we've got the basic info on the back. You know, my, my personal favorite is the, um, you know, attack bonus against trolls, reference patent trolls, uh, deadly with a pen, you know, stuff like that. So that is awesome. That yeah. is really cool. I like that a lot. And it's funny how, you know, you know, me, we, we live in a digital marketing world, a digital world, but we still do things like handwritten notes and cards, sending gifts. We have nice, ours aren't nowhere near as cool as yours, but we have really thick cards that, I mean, they're like that thick. And people are just blown away uh, yeah. when we hand them a card. We have the... Uh, they they the always talk. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. They always leave. They're like, wow, this is so thick. This is the boring card, right? You know, <laughs> which card would you rather get? You know, you you choose. Definitely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so even ours is, is boring compared. It's still, it stands out in the rest of the pack where, you know, everyone, they don't throw it away. They, they tend to keep it. And I've seen people try to, they stand it up on the on the table because it is so thick it'll stand up. I don't know. I've never tried that. Gonna... And so it's it's just that little extra thing to be memorable. And people talk about it. Hey, look at this card. And and they're flashing your card around. I would assume your card at a video game conference would just be very, uh, very popular. It's so well received. Yes. Really cool. I like that a lot. I got one more. Another question that came in from uh, Julian. Uh, I know Julian pretty well. Uh, he said, hi, Ross. Hi, Kevin. First time caller, long, long time listener. Uh, in your years of practice, what is the first thing that comes to mind when speaking to entrepreneurs and startups 
that you would say is a recurring theme or takeaway in regards to IP? What I would say to startups is if you don't do it right at the beginning, you can forfeit rights forever. Um, it's incredibly important to consider IP at the, at the very outset because uh, depending on what you do with respect to, to patents, there are certain timelines you have to file patents for. And if you don't do that right out of the gate, you've already forfeited patent, the patentability on your technology. That's the biggest misstep I see startups make is because then they'll come to us two years down the road or a year later and they say, hey, we have this great technology. We want to get a patent for it. Can you help us out? And we start asking them questions about the timeline and, and they've already lost those rights. So that's that's issue number one. And I've seen that's that very important. Don't multiple times. Do it right the first time. All right. Well, and do it quickly. You have to do it. You have to do it at the beginning. Otherwise, you can never go back and do it again. The do it right the first time comes up with trademarks. I can't tell you how many companies I've seen start their business and launch with a name. And, you know, two months after launch, they say, hey, Ross, we got this cease and desist letter from this, this other company and they have the same name and they're telling us we can't use it. Is that right? You know, and I sort of look at them. I say, well, if you owned a brand and someone else started a company with the same name, wouldn't you be pissed off about that? And so they're sort of shocked. The, um, so do your brand research in advance. Do a trademark search, clear the name before you go public with it. I have helped multiple clients protect their names. I've also helped multiple clients change their names when they don't do it right from the outset. And then the, um, I had a third thing I was going to mention, and it's, it's escaped from my mind as, as I was talking about trademarks. If it comes back to me, I'll let you know. So basically, before you get too far in, you need to get going, uh, get started, uh, seek someone like yourself and uh, do it the right way. If, you, if you're planning on taking it to the next level and, and growing that business and being serious about it, you need to do things right. And yeah, that's IP, IP isn't an afterthought. IP can't be an afterthought. You know, when you're starting a company, IP is actually your lifeblood. So if you don't take proper steps to protect that, then no one else is gonna do it for you. Um, and you might've just given away the crown jewels. Well, I think a lot of times when I talk to, you know, people that are starting up, young entrepreneurs, it's usually, well, I'm just going to try to get this going. And if it starts to take off, then I'll, I'll, I'll put some more effort into it or invest a little bit more money and time. And, and in some cases, I think that's fine for certain businesses, freelance work, stuff like that. Uh, but something like this, it sounds like that's not a, not a good idea. So. Yeah. Treat your IP how you want other people to treat your company. Right. If you treat your IP with respect and take steps to protect it, then other companies are going to take you seriously. But if you just are this fly by night startup guy saying, hey, I've got this great idea. Here's here it is. You know, you're just giving people things that you're you know, if you want to make a business of it, you shouldn't be giving that away. You should have a non-disclosure agreement in place. <clears throat> you know, you should have trademarks filed. You should have patent applications in place before you go telling other people about what you're doing. Yeah. Is it true that and I've been through this a few times in the past with other businesses I've owned, actually mobile apps, uh, one of them. But uh, if you do, a, you can do a patent pending, gives you some protection once you submit. So once you file a patent application, you can say patent pending. And I think what you're referring to is, is a provisional patent application, which has reduced filing fees, but uh, they should only be used in limited circumstances. 
provisional patent applications are a bit of a red herring. Um, so you should talk to your attorney about your specific scenario to see if it really fits the situation that you have going on uh, or whether you should pursue a full patent application. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, what I'll, my understanding was that uh, you can do the submittals, you can, you basically get a, a, I guess, a window of protection, but it doesn't mean you're going to go for or get the actual patent. Or well, right. Getting an actual patent on average takes two to three years. What you need to do is have that patent application filed. And once that patent application is filed, you've got your place in line at the patent office. Then you can go talk about it if you want to. The patent application stays secret though for 18 months after filing. So even after you file, while you can talk about it, you still might want to have an NDA in place with someone you're talking to if your patent application isn't public yet. Excellent. All right. That's great advice. Okay. So well, uh, just to kind of wrap up this and we'll continue to talk afterwards, but how is the audience, anyone listening right now, whether on live or on the podcast, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Ross? Um, well, I would say if you go to patentarcade.com, that certainly has links back to me. Um, you can reach me at uh, my, my firm address, bannerwitkoff.com. You know, either of those, or if you're, you know what, if you're playing Xbox Live, my gamer tag is uh, Aviator. If you're on Twitter, I'm, I'm Game Lawyer on Twitter and LinkedIn. You know, you can find me. I'm, if you Google me, I'm the first one that comes up. I'm not a hard person to, to find. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, one second. If you're a lawyer listening to this or you know someone that's practicing law um, and you need digital marketing, please think about my agency, Array Digital. That's what we specialize in. And we can help you grow your firm. So Ross, I really appreciate you being on live and any last words for the audience before we go? No, I, you know what, make, make life fun. Life's too short to be boring. So, uh, you know, find what your passion is and do your marketing to your passion. That's how I got into the, the game space. And uh, other than that, game on. I love it, man.